One night in 1971 on a lonely North Carolina highway, a head-on car crash cost a young driver his family and very nearly his life. His doctors were sure he would never move again, but he triumphed over his disability and went on to become the wildest hero of all. Because he's real. Stanley presents The Human Fly. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 58, The Human Fly, issue number 9, and Daredevil makes 3, May 1978. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here to continue exploring the May 1978 cover date comics that Marvel published from licensed properties. And we are looking at, right now, uh, issue number nine of Human Fly. Issue number nine of Human Fly, entitled... And Daredevil makes three. Three heroes, that is. There are three heroes to take down this supervillain. He must be a terribly awful, horrible, no good, very bad supervillain to need three heroes to take him down. It is the sinister Copperhead, uh, whom I've never heard of. And this is Copperhead 2, actually, not Copperhead 1. Copperhead 1, I guess, is dead. Uh, this is the guy who took his place, and I just got done reading it. And, you know, actually, uh, since it was guest-starring Daredevil, I chose to listen to the Daredevil soundtrack uh, as I was reading this, and it, it added it added a little bit to it. Uh, the Daredevil soundtrack is very, very good. I really, really like that soundtrack. I mean, it's a great series, too. Let's be honest. Uh, over on Welcome to Level 7, I... I did a review of every single episode of the Daredevil series, and I I enjoyed it. It was a fantastic 13 hours of television, even though, strictly speaking, I don't know if you would actually call it hours of television because it was created to be streamed uh, online through Netflix. I'm sure that it'll be available on DVD at some point, like most of the other Netflix series. But for now, it's on Netflix exclusively. And it was it's part of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, the writing is fantastic. The cinematography, fantastic. The themes, fantastic. The music, fantastic. Um, Why am I talking about that right now instead of talking about Human Fly? Well, because all those things are fantastic. And this is the Human Fly. Yeah, I guess we should go ahead and jump into it. Oh, man. Let's jump into it. The cover has a human fly hanging by his feet on some sort of railing, trying to pull children out of uh, water that seems to be flooding a museum. In the background, uh, White Tiger is battling Copperhead, 
And then there is another blurb that says Daredevil is going to be in this issue. This cover, you know, if it was just Human Fly and you know, the children, maybe it would be okay. It's just really busy, weird angles to all the architecture. Uh, the two fighting figures in the background don't add to any of the excitement. It just adds to the the confusion, just the mass of stuff. Um, it's not a it's not a well done cover. So, uh, this is part two of of a story about Copperhead and White Tiger teaming up with with Human Fly. And, uh, well, I'm just going to, I'll just do the plot and then talk a little bit about some of my thoughts about this plot. Here's the deal. Last issue, we left it where, uh, Copperhead has killed some people in the museum because he's trying to steal a, a great big, huge, huge urn. Uh, in stealing the urn, he started shooting at human fly and some kids who had to hide behind the urn just as it was lowering down into an unused subway tunnel that started filling up with water. Meanwhile, the cops found one of the Copperhead's murder victims and thought it was White Tiger. White Tiger obviously didn't do it. And White Tiger confronted Copperhead, and Copperhead shot him with poison darts. So that's where we start off. White Tiger is on the ground in the museum, dying of poison darts. Human Fly is in a flooding tunnel with children and the museum curator and, and his friends. And so how are we going to get out of this situation? Well, exactly the way I thought it was going to be. They all climb into the urn as the subway tunnel floods, and then they start floating down the tunnel. Meanwhile, and this, I kind of like this element here. Uh, it, it adds to this white tiger character. He hasn't had his own book yet. Um, I don't know if he ever got his own book. I know that a female version of the character got her own book later on. Actually, Professor Allen and Emily uh, covered that on the Relatively Geeky Network, uh, their their podcast stream that has a lot of different things. They, they covered that that miniseries. Sounds like a really good miniseries. Sounds interesting. Um, I'm trying to figure out if maybe if it would be better than, than Human Fly. I, I don't know. <sighs> Human Fly has such potential. Ah, we'll talk about that. I'm going to write that down. Potential. Let's talk about the potential of Human Fly. But back to the actual story here, not the potential story, but the actual story. Uh, the the way White Tiger gets out of his predicament is he changes back into Hector. So apparently it's a physical transformation. I don't know if he is uh, getting a new body, if he's trading out a body or if it's like a I mean, is it like Captain Marvel or Shazam, as he's now called over at D.C., uh, or Captain Marvel here in the, the Marvel Universe, or I'm not sure exactly how that works, but by making that transformation, he is back to his normal body, and his normal body does not have the poison in the body. So he is now not poison. He actually then, without powers, confronts Copperhead as Copperhead is, is fighting the police. And now the police don't think that White Tiger did it anymore because they saw uh, Copperhead you know, shoot shoot White Tiger with the same darts that killed the, the murder victim earlier. So yay, yay for Hector there. But uh, yeah, I like the element of Hector jumping into the battle without his power to help the police. That's great. That's heroic. And it's one page in this whole story. So then we get to page 11 <laughs> and page 11. I'm going to have to read from this 
it's just, it's not the right kind of goofy. And I'll explain what kind of goofy it is in a moment here. But uh, as Human Fly is floating down in his copper urn boat, uh, it says, as the Human Fly is caught up in his eerie odyssey below the streetlight bathed hills of Central Park, those same lights pick out another figure perched high atop the ro a rooftop of the Central Park Zoo. He is Daredevil, the man without fear. And then Daredevil is, is thinking. He's watching some bad guys who are watching a hole. He says, when my super senses first picked out a dozen of New York's hottest art smugglers in the crowd watching the human fly stunt in front of the museum today, I thought to myself, DD, something's rotten in the Big Apple. So I followed them. But instead of going into the museum, as I would have expected, they came here to an open shaft construction site that's part of the city's new subway extension. Why? What are they waiting for? Or whom? I don't like to be kept waiting. <laughs> but he, he chose this. He's, he's just going to sit there and wait until he sees what they did. So his super senses allowed him to pick out these art thieves. I, I'm... <laughs> I'm assuming he overheard them whispering to each other or something like that, but it just seems goofy. It just seems goofy. It really, it seems like something like, hey, we need Daredevil. Hmm. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, White Tiger ends up going down into the shaft with Copperhead as the shaft is closing up because he's he's activated the the mechanisms that opened it up in the first place. They fall in just before it closes. They float down the river. Uh, <laughs> on each other. White Tiger is keeping Copperhead afloat because Copperhead is wearing this armor, copper armor. They float down this this water flooding through the, the subway. And uh, anyway, uh, the urn stops at that shaft where the bad guys were. Daredevil jumps out because uh, the bad guys plan to just straight up murder the children so there won't be any any witnesses daredevil jumps down just in time starts fighting the bad guys who were there human fly just sticks with the kids because you know he's not a superhero why would he do that he's he's not a superhero so he shouldn't go up there and help he's just going to stay there with the kids in the urn after the bad guys are kind of defeated human fly starts trying to get out of the urn with the kids but copperhead's there because you know he pushed white tiger under the water long enough for him to not breathe anymore and we almost think he might be dead uh well almost except the very next panel shows us that he's not so copperhead i mean i mean there's just absolutely no tension zero zero tension as <laughs> copperhead stands up says he's dead that's good and actually, it's almost more like he commands him to be dead, like stay down in the water and don't breathe anymore. And I'm going to go up there because I have business to get to. And White Tiger stands up in the next panel, uh, not even the next page. It's not even a page turn thing. It's just the next panel in the middle of the page. Uh, so absolutely no tension there. <laughs> then Copperhead confronts Human Fly. And again, I'm going to going to read from this because the museum curator recognizes Copperhead's voice fly his voice i i know who copperhead really is and then copperhead is going to give his origin story so copperhead begins to monologue yes senorita marcato i am reynolds no wait only one s there i am reynolds your former employee for years 
I worked meekly in the, oh, they did it again. I just don't understand. It's like he just hit three S's or four S's whenever he had an S in Copperhead's dialogue. But he did it for the shadows, too. And he doesn't do it for the S sounds like, say, in uh, for years, I worked meekly in the shadows of others, a master craftsman at restoring priceless works of art price. It should have multiple S's, shouldn't it? Yet younger, inexperienced nobodies were advanced over me. But as I painstakingly worked upon the great urn, I was unaware of the dark secrets of one of my co-workers. This is... Ugh. Until that worker's death when he was revealed as... See, it's not... It, as. That's a Z sound. I, I guess you can add the, the S's there, but yeah, anyway... um. He recognizes that Lawrence Chesney once worked side by side with him and he was a psychotic killer. The Daily Chronicle has a headline that says Copperhead dead. So this gives him a brilliant idea. <laughs> you know, he says Chesney may have been mad seeking revenge against those who had or so he thought wronged his father. But he was also the most thorough man I'd ever known. If there was one suit of Copperhead armor, there must be another hidden away for emergencies. Uh, so he gets to the apartment and shows him opening a closet and saying, I've beaten to I've beaten the police to Chesney's apartment and ah, a hidden closet and a second Copperhead costume, just as I had anticipated. Now, he's not doing multiple S's before he was Copperhead. He says there was power in that costume, power Chesney and his madness never thought of using the power to acquire great wealth criminally. So basically, this guy's origin story is that. He goes and tracks down a the, the spare suit from a supervillain who is pretty ridiculous to begin with and then starts talking with a forked tongue styled lisp that a snake would have if it could speak human languages. <sighs> well, all that monologuing done, human fly finally decides to act, jumps out against Copperhead. White Tiger does as well. They both attack from either side. And it causes uh, it causes Copperhead to fall into the water and disappear. And meanwhile, Daredevil has finished fighting those bad guys. And he arrives just in time to be in the final panel. <laughs> because he, he hears them talk about Copperhead. And he says, dead or alive, he's one of the deadliest foes I've ever faced. I've got to get there. And he doesn't even get there in time. Like, he literally shares one panel with our our heroes other than when he jumps out against the bad guys uh but he doesn't share any panels with human fly he just he just shows up and chases the bad guys and and starts beating them up this isn't good this is not a good story this is not a good comic i <laughs> oh man Oh, the dialogue in this comic. Page 14 has this exchange between Hector and Copperhead. <laughs> and it's just so cliche and cheesy. And it actually calls out the cliche. But the guy who calls out the cliche starts also using some of those things. 
So, yeah, Copperhead says, filthy street scum to lay hands on Copperhead is to forfeit your life. And Hector says, you got to be jiving, amigo. Where do you come up with lines like that? Television? A cursed fool, you will pay. Not me, senor. I'm unemployed. <laughs> Look out, kid. You're going over the balcony. Oh, too late. They're falling into the shaft. Again, you know, this is a rule of comics. You know, show, don't tell. But just in case, you know, for the people in the, the back seats. And Hector says, I hope you can swim in your heavy metal Halloween suit, senor. <laughs> oh, it's just not great. And, you know, this started out where at least it had the idea of, you know, inspiration, inspiring people to overcome adversity and that kind of thing. And we just kind of get away from that. And here's, here's my take on this issue. This reminds me of role-playing, superhero role-playing games. And last issue, you know, Bill Mantlo, he's our GM. And as the game master, uh, he's come up with a villain that is, you know, tied into, uh, you know, some of his more obscure comics and stuff like that. But he has, you know, taken a dead character and revived him and, and created kind of a new backstory and that kind of thing. Then you have his two players who show up and you have Ted and Carl and they both roll for their characters and they create their new heroes, Human Fly and... And White Tiger. And, you know, for for Ted, who's playing White Tiger, he kind of did the same thing that the Game Master did, where he said, I'm going to pull out this, this other character who doesn't have a lot of history and have similar powers. And, and you know, I rolled powers that were similar to that, so I'm going to go with that. And Carl, he's like, no, I want to really make up a, a really intense backstory about how he was in an accident and he lost his family. And then he became a stuntman with titanium bones. And... And he's completely nonviolent. You know, you have to really push him to actually engage in any violence. And Ted, he starts thinking about his backstory. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's a Hispanic superhero. And, and he's just like me because he, he tells really bad one-liners, you know, when he, when he's, whenever something happens. And, and then they do their adventure last month. That's, that's the last gaming session. This gaming session, this month... Joe comes and joins them. Now they don't have time to roll up a whole new character for Joe. They want to jump into the game. So they just, they just get the stats for Daredevil and they give Joe Daredevil. And then they're like, you know, okay, so where can we do, what can we do to bring the characters together? Uh, we'll have Daredevil start out where both uh, Human Fly and White Tiger are going to end up. And they're playing along, but none of the decisions the characters are making uh, that Joe... Ted and Carl are making are bringing the characters back together the way the game master really was planning them to do. And so they get towards the end of the gaming session and it's just kind of, well, how do we bring them back together? We, we can't. And, and so he, you know, Bill, he's the game master. He's trying to push the characters to come together and they are just not, you know, Ted and Carl and Joe, they all have their own ideas of what their characters should be doing, and none of them have anything to do with each other, and it's just a mess. It's just a mess. But, you know, what, what are you going to do? you got to bring together these three characters. you got to... And so they just wrap things up, and Human Fly and, and White Tiger attack Copperhead. 
before the game master has a chance to bring Joe and Daredevil back over to that scene cuz Joe he's still fighting he's still fighting hoods over in the zoo. And so the game session ends, Joe might as well not have he might as well have not even been there. Why did they even let him play in the first place? I mean they were in the middle of their own campaign. They could have brought him in at a better spot. Maybe they could have let him roll a character while they were playing the, these two characters and and then Joe could come back next month, you know, for the next gaming session, which by the way, the next gaming session for our Marvel superheroes uh, role-playing campaign is uh, violence in the coal fields where it's as dark as a dungeon down in the mines. That's the time to bring in Daredevil when you're in a mine and it's dark. <sighs> this comic. This comic. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and push on through and listen to great music while I read really, really poor comics. So in the letters page, there was some letters where they were talking about um, Human Fly number six was entertaining, suspenseful, and one of the best comics I've ever read. Uh, another reader writes in and starts his letter with a quote from Charles Lamb in 1801. Credulity is the man's weakness, but the child's strength. And then he's talking about how the strong start for Human Fly, but then it started turning into Saturday morning cartoons. And uh, he's liking how the how things are going now. And then the, the last letter says, what can I say? Frank Robbins art is so alive, so action packed. And your writing is so tight, full of caring and sensitivity that, wow, please keep this team together and keep the fly a living, breathing character. Speaking of our team, it's Bill Mantlo as writer. It's Frank Robbins artist, Mike Esposito as inker, John Costanza letters, Mary Titus colors and Archie Goodwin editor. And then they respond to the letter and they say, as for the Mantlo Robbins team, They'll be doing the human fly together only on a semi-regular basis with Lee Elias scheduled as the book's main artist in between. However, you can catch Bill and Frank's collaboration every month in Marvel's new smash hit, Man from Atlantis. That's a plug, fella. But we don't think you'll be sorry if you pick up on it. So with that said, I think it's time for us to go into the next segment. And our next segment will be Man from Atlantis. And I'm much more excited about that than I was about this I just I wish it would start getting back into that kind of so bad it's good kind of I mean even that goofy race at least I was laughing at the absurdity this is just flat unemotional and and lifeless uh if if I could be so so mean oh I'm I'm a mean comic book reader just now Ugh. okay well I didn't plunk down my 35 cents for this. I plunked down my dollar and that's 17 pages for that dollar. Just didn't even get me any. I got, I got a lot of eye rolling, but not a lot of laughter or anything. So maybe down in the coal mines, there'll be a little more, more laughs. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But that's all for now. I want to thank you for listening. And if you have read any human fly comics, well, we're nine issues in, so I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on the human fly, and maybe, maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe I'm being too harsh, because maybe it is supposed to be uh, a Saturday morning cartoon, but I'm telling you, I mean, I wrote down, like I said, uh, the potential. There's a lot of potential in this character. There's a lot of potential in how 
the character views violence and views superheroics and and all those kind of things. But I'm telling you, that potential is certainly not being lived up to. And, you know, this is Bill Mantlo, and I've said this often. There are things that are coming up that he's written that make me a huge, huge fan of him. Human Fly is not one of them. So with that said, all I can really say now is thank you so much for listening and Godspeed. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you'd join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, Man from Atlantis, issue number four. Disaster stalks the deep, and Mark is its first victim. Beware the killer spores!